Hi, this is Kimberly Kleiman Lee, executive coach, performance consultant, and host of the Do I Dare podcast. If you're a leader who wants to inspire, empower, and raise the leadership bar, then you have come to the right place, my friend. Here you will get access to powerful yet practical solutions that elevate your performance and dissolve roadblocks. Do you dare to lead in a way that moves the needle and scales the impact? Then let's do it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Do I Dare podcast. My name is Kimberly Kleiman Lee, your host, and I have been wanting to talk about this topic for quite a while. It is by far the most requested topic uh, discussed by participants in the classes I teach and uh, by those who hire me to coach their people. So drum roll, please. The topic today is executive presence. It is the most difficult to behavior uh, to describe for many, but boy, they sure know when they don't see it or are told they don't have it. So I'm here today to shed some light on this important, but rather overused phrase. I really feel for folks who are told they need to work on their executive presence. They're usually not told what that means or what good looks like or what they need to do to actually get it. And I'm here to put an end to that today. Sometimes the folks who want to give the feedback are a little bit bashful in doing so. They're afraid they're going to personally offend the person who they think needs to work on their executive presence. Instead of skillfully explaining what they're not seeing and what they'd really like to see instead. When I'm asked to define leadership, there are a whole host of ways I do that. But the bottom line for me is leadership equals influence, period. It's your ability to move an idea, a person, a project, a division, or a business forward by giving people, and usually groups of people, believing in your ability and your judgment. It's all about influence. Executive presence, then, is your ability to influence by three very specific means. Again, this is my definition. It's through presentation skills, the way you manage stress, or some people call that your gravitas, and your appearance. Now, I know that last one got your attention, so just bear with me, and we'll go through each of those three components one at a time. As I mentioned, executive presence is your ability to influence. Your subordinates want to be assured that you are the leader they should and thus want to follow. Your peers want to be confident that you're capable, reliable, and trustworthy. And your senior leaders want to be assured that you have the potential to achieve great things. They want to put their money on you and they want to trust the future of the business to you. That, my friends, is a tall order. You might have heard the phrase, all of the important decisions about you will be made when you're not in the room. And this is so true because your presence should be felt when you're nowhere near those having that sort of conversation about you. Having a strong executive presence or just a strong presence in general makes you memorable. It puts your name at the top of a succession plan. It has you thought of when big challenges need to be tackled or sticky situations need to be mitigated. Executive presence gives others comfort about you and confidence in you. 
Like the many ways people define leadership, people will define executive presence in a number of ways as well. Usually they kind of talk around the issue. I, again, truly believe it falls to these three things. Again, it's the way you present information, the way you act under pressure, stress, and your outward appearance. Let's start by talking about the way in which you present information. The most influential leaders know how to craft a message. They keep it simple and they give just enough information for the listener to understand. And lastly, they make space for dialogue and debate. As a matter of fact, those with strong executive presence anticipate the debate and they welcome it. They prepare for it and they certainly don't get thrown by it. Those with less executive presence get flustered when the technology doesn't work and their PowerPoint doesn't advance, for example. They get thrown off course when a question is asked on page 27 and they've barely finished page four. They present in a linear fashion as opposed to leaning into what's most important to the listener and letting them lead the conversation. They use 52 slides instead of three to make their point. I can always tell when I've missed the mark during a presentation if the meeting is quiet, if there's no dialogue and minimal debate. I know I didn't do enough work up front to really craft an interesting and an engaging conversation. A person with high executive presence leaves a presentation with a decision, a direction, a list of significant actions, or maybe just with greater clarity. They never present for presentation's sake. Again, this is an opportunity to influence, and the majority of their influencing happens before the PowerPoint ever hits the screen. They ask for the sale or the deal in the end. Even though the first competency of executive presence is how you present, how you present should be an equal combination of speaking and listening. How crisp and concise do you communicate your messages? Do you speak in bullets? And can you tell a really good story? Can you read a room and pull in thoughts and ideas from those who aren't speaking, but look like they should be? Can you command a room? Can you take it back from a communication hijacker, for example? Can you handle a heckler? You heard me talk about one of my new favorite television shows a couple episodes ago, Ted Lasso, featured on Apple TV. If you want an example of a leader who can do all of this, check out that really unassuming leader type. It will also bust the probable myth in your head that executive presence comes in the form of a suit. I have experienced executive presence in all sorts of places by all sorts of folks doing all sorts of jobs. I've seen it at hotel front desks, fast food drive-throughs, locker rooms, and in classrooms. Executive presence is about how you are, not what you get paid to do. It's not about your level in the organization. It's about how interesting you are to listen to because you will make the lives of those listening better. Lastly, one of the best ways to influence anyone when you're presenting is to have a clear problem statement, sufficient data to prove your point, and a recommendation or two to get the group moving in a better direction. For those with high levels of executive presence, and quite frankly, those with high EQ, emotional quotient as well, 
Those folks never share a problem without one or two recommended solutions in their back pocket. Only sharing the problem statement looks like you need help. Sharing the problem with a couple of recommendations makes you look like you are the help. The second component in my definition for executive presence is this concept of gravitas or grace under fire. It's the ability to look calm and collected at all times. It's your ability to have a constant perspective, remain balanced, and stay curious about your opponent's point of view. And by opponent, I mean anyone who might be trying to push you off your game, who might want to challenge your data set, or who clearly has their own agenda. Those with extraordinary executive presence don't give that stuff any energy. They stay focused yet remain open. They control their anger. And quite frankly, they control their pure joy as well. In essence, they remain neutral. Their body language is relaxed yet confident. Their eye contact is unwavering. Even if a presentation or a dialogue or a debate doesn't go exactly according to your plan, a person with a high EQ will remain the host of that conversation. So here's what I mean by that. They will ensure that everyone's opinion is heard, that the group stays on topic, and that the discussion is drawn to a productive close. That productive close might not get you the decision that you hoped for, but it might instead be a request for more data, uh, maybe even more research, or maybe the request to bring more people into the dialogue to ensure that every stone is turned before that decision is made. Now, I'm not saying that those who are with strong with executive presence are devoid of emotion. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying they know how to control it. They know when to leverage it and they know how to use it to their benefit. That's what's so critical. The third component of executive presence is physical appearance. Now, again, this one could be a bit controversial, but if you look at all the research and data on influence, you will find that people have significant judgment on the way others appear. It's just the way our brains work. And to tell you that that wasn't true would not be fair to you. I'd love to say we live in a world where that's not the case, but again, that's just simply not the case. So do you present yourself as neat, clean, organized, and put together? Are your clothes ironed and tailored to fit well and comfortably? Is your briefcase orderly or do you have papers um, kind of strewn about? Do you always have a pen and paper handy? Is your laptop screen clean and devoid of dings and dents? You want your appearance to be neutral. That's the key word, neutral. You don't want to be talked about one way or the other positively or negatively. You want people focused on your message, your judgment, your value, and your contributions. Again, your appearance should not be memorable. I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but you don't want it to be. You want your words, your ideas, and your presentation to be memorable. For those of you wondering if you are too memorable, pop over to uh, Nordstrom's or other similar type store. They offer a great personal shopping service that's for free the last time I checked. You can bring in a few of your favorite outfits and get their opinion, or they can pull a few from the rack. Again, all from an unbiased professional who will give you the unvarnished and tailored truth. 
For those of you needing greater support with your executive presence, here are a couple things you can do. First, I'd recommend getting some feedback. I always, always start with data. Ask your direct reports, your peers, your direct supervisor, and his or her supervisor for feedback on your style. You need to deeply understand how you are experienced by others. Do they find you to be influential? Are you easy to follow? How would they define your communication skills? And what do they think you should keep doing, stop doing, or start doing when it comes to your leadership style and approach? Next, take that feedback and make it actionable. Pick two or three things from the list of feedback you received and do something about it. If your presentations could be crisper, pick a presentation you know you need to give in the near future and really work on it. Practice it out loud. Draft an outline with speaker's notes. Pitch it to friends and trusted colleagues. And of course, get their feedback. If your communication is less than clear, ask for feedback on that. If you lose a big deal or a decision didn't go the way that you had hoped, ask for an after-action review or, in other words, just a quick discussion on what you could have done to help the decision go the direction that you had hoped. I'm often amazed at how many people don't do this. It's the reason I'm such a fan of exit interviews. If employers just ask the simple question, asked why talented people were leaving their organization, I bet they could then take some action to make things better for those who chose to stay. Lastly, if you think your journey to having a stronger executive presence is one that will be difficult for you to do on your own, you might consider engaging an external coach. That's what we do. The good ones, the good coaches make people better. They tell them the truth, and they give them tools and strategies to become more influential. That's what you want. I'd love to hear your thoughts on executive presence. When did you find yours? How did you develop it? And how have you helped others get theirs? As always, I'll put a few resources for you in the speakers and show notes. Until next time, bye for now. Thanks again for listening to the Do I Dare podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share. And we'd love to hear from you. DM us on Instagram or LinkedIn. Share a topic of interest or a struggle that's top of mind for you. We'll give you a shout out on a future podcast. And for more information about Do I Dare and all things leadership, visit KimberlyKlymanLee.com, sign up for our weekly newsletter, and stay tuned for exclusive content access to the tools and resources you need to lead.